everybody, and welcome to After Chef Junior. Oh, After Chef. Damn it. It's After Chef, the Master Chef After Show podcast. I know. We're all dreaming of a simpler time. <laughs> With the children. I miss the children. I'm excited. There was a little preview for next week, and there will, they're not our children, but they're, uh, they're fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, my name is Max. The lady's always by my side. Stacy and JJ. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny is not here because she is where in the Yukon. Hopefully, not being eaten by a bear. Bears. Oh. Did you know that, JJ? That Yukon has bears. <laughs> yes. And did you know that you're not supposed to say the Yukon anymore? That's considered offensive. Is it really? It is. To who? To the Yukoners. They actually changed the Constitution of Canada to take the the out. I was in the Yukon in November. No, no you were not. So you where were in you? Yukon. I was in Yukon in November, and I asked, and everybody was like, eh, two of one, half a dozen of the other. It's not for them to decide. <laughs> but Jenny is there, and she is... Um, the Jenny is in Yukon. <laughs> the Jenny is in the Yukon. Could we call it a Yukon? A Yukon, one of the many. One of Some the, Yukons? That's right. Um, so she's there, and... Um, I don't know. We're speculating that we may never see her again. Uh, so get used to JJ, everybody. Um, <laughs> who right. is JJ? Great question. Uh, he's our pal. Longtime listeners would hey. recognize the voice from way back of After Chef Junior season one. Oh, that's a deep dive. I know. I know. <laughs> I forgot about that. There's a lot of lore. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at the After Chef wiki, um, <laughs> really dig deep. Yeah. Um, but JJ is more than just our pal. He's a, a professional media personality with a, a fantastic YouTube channel and tons of opinions. So he's the perfect person to join us. That's right. He refused to do the show unless we gave him cookies. So we went out and we found the finest cookies. A bit we of a could diva. A bit of a foodie. <laughs> JJ. It was part of my rider. Yes. <laughs> yeah. JJ, how would you describe your own relationship with food? Oh, I'm so cooking. glad you asked that because mm-hmm. I also had written that down as a good icebreaker. Well, it is a subject of, of much mockery in my peer <laughs> group, I know. Today for dinner, before I came here, I had what has become my standard meal which is a package of these ramen noodles that my friend gave me when he discovered that he is gluten intolerant. And I make the noodles and I mix them with a spoonful of peanut butter. <laughs> that is Protein horrendous. rich. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. And this is one what of my proudest meals. What a beige meal. Yeah. And so that leads us directly into a segment we call Boke Boke Baby. This is a segment where we talk about the most disgusting thing that you saw on the show this day. And that would be that meal being described by JJ. <laughs> what the hell? That's so much salt. Well, I'm a big fan of salt. Oh, this is true. <laughs> More salt than man, as you yeah, say. Yeah, well, I forgot to say that I have a salt grinder as well, and I ground in a lot of salt into it, too. Oh, God. That's outrageous. Anyway, so you're the perfect person to come on to... Yeah, how do you feel watching cooking shows as somebody who isn't necessarily culinarily interested? I feel it's very pretentious. <laughs> I feel like that's sort of something that was really coming to my mind a lot when I was watching this. 
You know how they're all like, oh, my style is this, and oh, my southern charms, and blah, blah, blah. Like, it just, I find that very grating. And, my southern charms. Well, there's a lot of that kind of thing. It's like, oh, well, you know, like, my, you know, Indian, you know, tastes will mix with his, you know, this and that. Like, everybody's, like, really into what they're supposedly known for, or what their unique flair in the kitchen <laughs> is, and all this kind of thing. And it's just like, it's, it's, de- it's demanded. Pretty, like... But it is interesting that everybody's like thing in the kitchen is usually just connected to where they're from. Yes, yes, exactly. Like nobody is, I don't know, like crazy about molecular gastronomy or like, oh, I'm I'm just really into spice, like from all over the world. Like spice is always my thing. Yeah. Like there's kind of a a lack of, uh, yeah, it's almost too generic. Oh, I don't know. I think they just promote like regionality a lot, right? And like you go in there and they say, Okay, you're from Texas, so therefore we we always want you thinking about Texas, Texas cuisine, Tex Mex, Mexican food. That's your thing. I'm sure they're like brand I mean, we know that they're branded. And we know that the people from Texas have a physical brand. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Watching the show with you, it's it was it's like when you like introduce a new boyfriend to your friends and you suddenly <laughs> see them through their eyes. <laughs> you're like, I think they're great, and then when you're all out together, you're like, oh, oh he's really sucking on his teeth a lot, or whatever. <laughs> like, sucking on his teeth. Like, that's not what? a pointed thing about you specifically. <laughs> Just I, as an example, you know, mm. like watching the show, I'm like, God, they're really repeating themselves a lot. You're embarrassing me in front of changing. <laughs> well, the one thing, like, I'm I'm a big fan of one of Gordon Ramsay's, like, dozen other shows, specifically the show Hotel Hell. I watch a lot of that. <laughs> oh, God. And I, I must say that, like, Gordon Ramsay is just so much nicer in this show than he is in the, in the incarnation I'm familiar with. You know, like, in Hotel Hell, he basically just swears at people for half an hour and yeah. then, you know, makes over their hotel and then compliments himself for doing that. Whereas in <laughs> this show he's like empathetic and you know insightful and mm-hmm. offers compliments it's 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 very refreshing it's it's not it's not often like usually he will really let loose he called somebody a donkey not a donkey a um, potato head there's a lot of potato you're a potato head go feed a giraffe was one recently <laughs> yeah you can tell this is this is a very g-rated show unlike hotel hell oh also, yeah also this is like season nine or whatever so he's probably just running out of insults <laughs> yeah he's become i think he's been softened a bit too. yeah i did like the comment about the elephant's toenails though i thought mm. that was pretty creative it's very impressive considering as i've mentioned before that gordon ramsay is actually really terrible at describing food like everything yeah. is stunning everything is amazing <laughs> but it's not like that's not actually helpful yeah. detail to tell you as a, a watcher what it tastes like or feels like yeah yeah wonderful he uses the word yeah wonderful stunning is a favorite stunning yeah and if yeah. it sucks it's always like dreadful and yeah. you know, mm-hmm. appalling and... but elephant's toenails was a very a visceral image yeah that mm-hmm. was like how that was how the the chicken had was, been yeah. Right? presented yeah. Yeah. and it was sort of just like in these thick sort of medallion shapes yeah. which i guess is sort of like what an elephant's toenail would be like if you sliced it up <laughs> yeah. i mean he's rich enough that he's probably gotten <laughs> to have that experience you know <laughs> i wouldn't know yeah that's a good point um so anyways the episode begins and we have our top 15 man we are just chugging along in this uh in this show um, only 15 more weeks to go, Stacy, and then we are freed from this prison. <laughs> I know. How many did it start with? 
like 40 i don't know oh, it feels like it's been happening forever yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> they had fun. like three episodes where they were narrowing it down from 40 to 25 and then they've really been uh, yeah. blitzing through it don't like. get me wrong it's been a great journey oh and that reminds me the re- one of the reasons why it's been a great journey is because we've got to meet so many of the contestants this year yeah including this episode yeah our special guest will play his interview at the end here is uh, mark teen mark that's right very interesting uh revelations from him oh wow um you know, you'll listen to it at the end, but I think I want to hear what you guys think about this. Hold on, hold on. Which one was Mark? He was the 19-year-old dishwasher. Oh, okay. Yeah. He had yeah. the best souffle. He, he well, spoiler alert. So. <laughs> <laughs> he had a good gimmick, though. I mean, he's very young, and he's a dishwasher. Is that is that something that they lean on a lot in the series? Like, that's his one Yeah, they're like, trait? he's, the, like, he kind of came in, and they were like, oh, here's this cocky teen who thinks he knows mm-hmm. everything, and that he doesn't need to go to culinary school. Well, Gordon's going to break him and then build him up again, <laughs> teach him some humility. Um, but I found out that he owned a restaurant and closed that restaurant to come be on the show. Oh. How are you allowed to do that? <laughs> it's a home cook's. Yeah, that complicates the narrative a bit too. It also makes him seem somewhat less sympathetic. Like, yeah, and then yeah. so they together. so they More ask of a him like wonderkin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so then they ask him like, "What was your last non-cook job?" Which was like three years ago. He's like a dishwasher, so now that's his identity. Mm. He also doesn't live in Rhode Island. Is that how they're billing him? Rockport, Maine. Yeah, he oh. doesn't live in Maine. <laughs> he lived in Maine again like three years ago. Oh. But they had too many people from. Illinois or, or whatever yeah. it was. He'll say he'll this is repeating. This it. Is, yeah. So you can't you can't give away the I know, but what do you guys think about that? Well it it just I don't know. Not when I was watching I this show, you do feel very manipulated. Like everything is so contrived and, and I was even noticing it's like have you ever heard the expression in sort of literary circles when they talk about Chekhov's gun? Yeah. Where it's like if the gun appears on the stage, it will inevitably be fired at some point during the play. They're, everything in this is Chekhov's gun. Like anytime somebody <laughs> foreshadows anything, it literally always will happen. Can you give an example? Because I, I used to think that, but they... But now, to be honest, I feel like they just really just slap a bunch of like sound bites together. It doesn't well, seem to have any of that, any of that foreshadowing in the same in that same way. Well, like there was the one when the two uh, women were on the team together, yeah. And then Gordon Ramsay's like, "Oh, they're not going to be a good team. They're probably just chat all the time, yeah, or something. And yeah. you know that borned out. Right? Sure, yeah, you're absolutely right. But alternatively, they also had comments about all the other you know they had suspicions about the other teams and nothing came out of those ones right well which what others oh i can't uh, like they're like oh they're gonna wrap this they're wrapping the pork and the chicken and if that gets overcooked and that gets undercooked yeah, it's yeah, gonna that be happened, terrible didn't it no it did not well, well, yeah, it did. no the one with the, the wrapping the chicken with the with the peppers and stuff inside that Yo, was there was flop. there was two wrapped chickens guys oh. two wrapped chickens uh, and one also had chicken mousse yeah, Which yeah, that's that, was, that one was a flop today. too, right? Like, that, the chicken mousse was yeah. not good. Chicken the mousse s- was a flop. Of course it was. <laughs> that sounds revolting. So gross. Like who bites into chicken and is like, oh, you know what? I'd like this to be wet and soft. <laughs> The concept of stuffing a chicken leg is also strange to me. I don't quite Where understand does how it that go? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the bone is doing the stuffing. You, right? I think you slide the bone out somehow, and uh, then you put, fill a, bone put a new hole. bone in there. Well, a it, new bone? 
a yeah. bone of a bone of mush. Another animal, maybe. I don't know. I have no well, idea. Well, it was a flop, so clearly it's not a great idea. <laughs> just well, of a course bunch it was of... floppy. They take the bone. Out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a bunch of string beans like tied together with like butcher's twine. Oh, Shoop. right in there. <laughs> just grotesque. <laughs> Everything is grotesque. You know what else grossed me out today? Uh, Iran using the word luscious. But then I realized. There's never a time where I want to hear that word. There's luscious. just something about it that's so hmm. wet. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's just luscious. I don't know. Um, use it. Use luscious in a sentence that won't make me want to throw up. Hmm. Are you, I that, pass that challenge to the room. I feel like it's used mostly to describe uh, certain uh, textures of lipstick. <laughs> That's the where I'm most familiar with that adjective on like Maybelline commercials. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I suppose some fruits can be luscious, yeah. right? Like luscious yeah. cherries or something. But even that oh, seems a bit too. That's so interesting because for me, luscious is like fluffy. Not, oh no, not, no, that's wrong. Not like full of like full of juice. Is that what you guys are going for? <laughs> yeah, luscious yeah. is sort of like sort of like juicy and sort of shiny as well. I think huh. again, that's I'm thinking luscious. of lipstick. <laughs> And beautiful, and it makes your lips pretty. <laughs> what does luscious mean? Luscious. Uh, lush, yeah, right. Like the store. Yeah. yeah, having having a pleasantly having a great selection of bath bombs. Yeah. Okay, wait, I got it here. Uh, having a pleasantly rich, sweet taste. Synonyms include succulent, mouth watering. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Richly verdant or opulent. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. I'm gonna go with that. That chandelier is no, no. <laughs> hmm. Unless These... you're biting it and it has a rich, <laughs> sweet taste. That's right. This bag of cotton balls is luscious. No, no. it's not, Max. Okay. Not antonym. Unappetizing. I don't know. Anywho, what was every... being described as luscious? Uh, I can't even remember. The chicken? Did not write that part down. <laughs> oh, well, the, only... the, some cornmeal, maybe? Cornmeal would corn not be meal? luscious. It would have to be the chicken. Okay, so the team, so everybody has to pick a partner for this. It's a team challenge. You get to pick your own partner. And everybody picks a partner, except poor Ralph. Mm. He's was, left on standing. I was very opposed to how that planned out because oh, so? Ralph uh, nobody wanted to be his partner which suggests that he's bad and yet he gets rewarded for being excluded mm-hmm. you know he gets the immunity idol or whatever it's called in this show and sure. he gets to uh, hang out with the other guy that's his mentor yeah, I don't know the guy's name <laughs> Joe Bastian yes <laughs> And so it's How like, would you describe them if you had to differentiate them from each other? Well, there's bald guy, mm-hmm. there's Gordon Ramsay, <laughs> and then there's like, uh, he's like Hispanic. And yeah. He yeah. has like, you know, that's his one thing where it's like, oh, my Latino charms and this kind of stuff, right? And mm-hmm. the other guy's like Italian. Mm-hmm. That's like his gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, it's a little more nuanced than that. You know, if you're a fan of the show, Joe is sort of a money grubbing guy. Like, okay. he's all about money. How much do you think I could sell this for? And you'll even notice that Ralph was like, people pay him for this. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So they have that nuance I bet about Joe. Joe said that to him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> totally. And Iran is more, is like, yeah, he's like, uh, He's got. He's a Cajun. He's a Cajun cook. He's all about spice, uh, Mexican heritage, very strong in that. Um, but he's also he's kinda, real. I feel like he's, he's like yeah. He's got a darkness about him. He's a bad boy. Oh, he's a bad boy. All the tattoos, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he's dope. He's my fave. So um, Ralph and Joe. So Ralph gets to cook with Joe, but also is safe from elimination. So he's just they're 
he just gets to cook for fun yeah. with Joe, which is interesting to me because we don't actually ever see a moment of them cooking together. We don't learn anything from Joe. Well, we don't it? learn if Joe is a good cook or has any good tips. We're yeah. just told that. And well, it's just as so wanky that they all just sit around and they're like, mm, Joe, your dish is so good. <laughs> I love this I dish. Know. It's so good. I yum, actually, yum, yum. Yeah, I actually thought that was a missed opportunity because the premise, as which they're, which I guess I... The whole mentorship thing and splitting up into teams is obviously not something they actually care about. It's too bad because this would have been a great opportunity for them to stoke some competition again. Because Gordon and uh, Iran could have just ragged on his dish. Yeah. You know? Mm. It would have been a really easy way to be like, Joe, this is terrible. <laughs> right? Imagine. And now imagine now, we have, now we're building conflict. And then Joe suddenly in the competition... He's fighting for his reputation. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, no, that's true. That would have been better mm-hmm. if he felt like he actually... Because that's the thing. It's like you feel like these people are sort of resting on their laurels, and it's fun to see them brought down a peg and yeah. actually have to compete just like the others <gasps> Totally. Do. What if the position of judge was like a rotating spot? So if Joe didn't do well, he would have to... Sw- leave his judge spot for one of the contestants ah, and earn it back that would be I great it. see that would be a good now that's a yeah. show that's a yeah. show I'd, I'd love to see them why do would some... they call <laughs> but you see the reason why they didn't show the tips was because his cost uh, money so valuable right <laughs> they're not just going to give that for free to the slack jaws watching this <laughs> good point the uh yeah, yeah, man, they just lavish so much. They just luscious so much praise <laughs> onto Joe's right. onto Joe's dish that it just seemed it, it just was, seemed fake. Yeah. yeah. That's what yeah. I put for my flambé to love this week. That's what we call our segment celebrating relationships or um, little sparks uh-huh. between two people. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just said that the three judges that was a real Real smooch, smooch fest. <laughs> loving. Real loving. Here's here's my question. Uh, you know, when they all became pairs, the show's sort of conceit implied that like this was very natural that they would all pair off with their best friends on the show. Had any of those relationships been alluded to in any form prior to this moment? Um, who got together there? Um, Rowan or Bowen and Shanika. I can't. I don't think those ones ever. <laughs> Yeah, they're but they were a bit of an odd couple. I loved it. Yeah. As soon as I saw them together, I was like, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> they're two strong personalities, two great tastes that taste great together. Mm. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, Caesar and Mark haven't seen them interact basically ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like everything made sense though. Like Sam and Chelsea together sure. haven't seen them interact at all. But I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. They're both kind of soft spoken and, mm-hmm. and sweet and easygoing. Um, I'm really rooting for um, the contestants that we've interviewed because I really want to continue our streak with somehow inadvertently interviewing the champ. Yeah. <laughs> if we collect more, that means. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I want us to become a good luck, good luck charm. Wait, oh. about how? No, because they've already decided. It's too late. It's yeah, it doesn't happened. make sense. Um, <laughs> Emily and Farhan got together, which I'm sure Jenny um is really like she probably felt some sort of sensation like bad feeling in her heart as she was in the yukon <laughs> and was like what's happening um why because she hates them she is, has a big problem with emily because she thinks emily is a little snobby and i'll tell you let me now that jenny's not here let me let me let me do a <laughs> she's deep she's never gonna hear this yeah, yeah, let me do a deep enough. dive about what's going on so for one for the starters she loves farhan mm-hmm. that's great okay you are an original spice boy <laughs> but 
she sees subconsciously she doesn't realize it but she sees so much of herself in emily that it she latches on to the negative (laughs) i mean i mean there's no negative qualities in a for a contestant on master chef but she she projects so much uh (laughs) let me put it like this i once had a party where i asked everybody to draw a monster and the amount of people that drew self-portraits subconsciously was unreal Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's something very weird going on between Jenny and Emily. <laughs> and I'm not a psychologist, but it's whatever that phenomenon is. It's that it, it's all on Jenny. Emily does not deserve no. what she gets. <laughs> um. Yeah, and interesting that Jenny is always so annoyed that Emily brings up her travels, and yet, hmm. Yeah. Exa- exactly. Huh? Interesting. Oh. Exactly. Interesting. Well, who's traveling? Yukon. Who's <laughs> <laughs> traveling Yukon? Um, there was also SJ and Julia and Ryan and Jerron. SJ and Julia was neat. We haven't seen like anything from SJ at all. I know. I want more. He's so stylish. Mm, yeah. I like him because he has an initial name like yeah. me. <laughs> hey, there you go. Hang on, and, now we're connecting. Yeah. yeah. And a uh, second episode in a row where Julia seemed like a perfectly emotional, stable person. So that's great <laughs> Good as for well. Her. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah, she's just calmed, Turning calmed down a little bit. Yeah. So they all got to work, and some of the relationships didn't work out as well but nothing seemed like an outright disaster no like the the two what was the the two women that um, were ashley the, and taylor ashley and taylor mm-hmm. yeah the the way the show was structured is we were supposed to think oh they're such good friends and then gordon ramsay says oh they'll just be you know chatting it up the whole yeah. time instead of working together and then when they were actually uh at the moment of judgment then sort of the claws came out so yeah. to speak and they sort of turned on each other but yeah, yeah. there'd been no real foreshadowing of that i know gordon said that was the most Dysfunctional forty-five minutes he had ever seen in his life on the show. On the show, something like that. It didn't seem like that. No, but that's another. uh, You were talking about how he always has these sort of stock, limited vocabulary. I think things being the worst he's ever seen, the most this, the best. Yeah, 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 it's true. He even he busted out the I've seen better from like a Master Chef Juniors. Except yeah. he didn't. What I actually wrote down, which I thought was interesting, is that he didn't even know the correct name of his own show because he said <laughs> it was. I've seen like better on the Junior Master Chef. Yeah, there you which go. Which is not what it's called. Oh, Feel he should at least know them. that. <laughs> I love that. That's classic Gord. Gord. Oh, Gord. Um, when Caesar Mark walked up with their plate and put it down in front of Gordon, and he said, "Are you proud of this?" And they both said yes. I was like, "Oh no, no that's not never right say yes, <laughs> never say yes." Oh man, chicken like a lamb to slaughter, like a stuffed chicken to slaughter, like that chicken that he said had been mauled. Remember that? <laughs> oh, that yeah. was a real gross moment. Yeah, that was a bad-looking chicken. Yeah. What happened there? Yeah, you'd think that. And I mean, no, I think that's fair that Gordon was as pissed off as he was because you do think that if you have any pretenses of being a serious chef, you know how to cut up a chicken. That's like you... what a cartoon chef does. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. everybody knows you need to be able to do that. Yeah. What are you looking up, Max? Chicken mousse. I want to know how it's made. <laughs> yeah, this is the first time I'd ever How would you? Wait, don't concept. read it. Don't read it. What would you, how would you make chicken I don't know, mousse? Stick a chicken in a blender. <laughs> <laughs> Max, how would you do it? Don't look at the recipe. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I have to puree a chicken, but I don't know. What else goes in there? Exactly. That's what I don't Cream? understand. That can't I be right. Eggs? Put the, uh, the, the Ham? Corn? 
corn. The cornmeal. That was what they were Yeah, thicken with, right? it up. Yeah. Some flour? Well, let me tell you. In mm. a food presser, food processor, pulse the chicken, uh, chicken breasts. You'd pull, you pull okay. you liquidate. Well, you keep the working on that. I will continue hosting this show. <laughs> uh, okay, when Gordon was reviewing Jaron and Ryan's chicken, he that was kind of an instance of them pardon me, foreshadowing. Um because they were like, this cornmeal is totally fine, right? And uh, I thought nothing of it. No, but like there you go. But no, he they made chicken that was crispy, but it was too crispy. I know. Gordon said it was crunchy like chips. And for a second, I was like, is that bad? Well, like, I people love was, chips. Well, that was also a yeah. revealing moment of how assimilated Gordon Ramsay is becoming into American society because he didn't say crisps. <laughs> oh, good for him. <laughs> good for him. Yeah, well, that was pretty good. Um, I've never had cornmeal. I'm I don't sure think. you have. You've had it on the famous Canadian bacon, haven't you? They put cornmeal over in the edges. Do they? I don't think I've yeah. had Canadian bacon. Actually, I'm pretty sure I've never had it. Really? Yeah. They have it on the Egg McMuffins. Do they? Yeah. That's what the ham is on yeah. an Egg McMuffin? Well, I mean, this is one of our nation's great secrets, but Canadian bacon is just ham. Yeah, yeah. Wait huh. a minute. I think we talked about this in an early episode, yeah, actually. But yeah. uh, is that true in the States if you go to an American McDonald's and get an Egg McMuffin with ham? Or are you getting Canadian I bacon? I think in American McDonald's, they actually lean into the idea that I'd it's, Canadian, it's Canadian, bacon Canadian bacon a lot more because really? it seems more exotic. Yeah. It says Canadian bacon like on the menu. I think so. That might be that might explain a lot of how that term has like... Permeated. Per, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Permeated America, the, the American oh, luscious. food consciousness. Oh, luscious. The word you're looking for is luscious. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of it in my life. Um, Does it taste like um, chewing gum with a mouthful of nuts? <laughs> that was a good line. That yeah, reminded me of a gag in The Simpsons, which then made me think if gum and nuts is like a common An turn of phrase. Yeah. I was once on my way to like Christmas Eve church service with my grandparents and... My grandma asked us if we wanted some gum. We're sitting in the back seat of the car, and she passes us her purse, and I reach in to get the gum, and I pull out a Ziploc bag, and it's just full of loose loose gum and nuts in the same bag. <laughs> and I was like, Nana, why do you have that? And she's like, oh, you know, I get a little hungry sometimes. I'm like, yeah, but, like, all the gum tastes like nuts, and all the nuts taste like gum. <laughs> just didn't care. That's typical. Typical Nana. Classic mm-hmm. Nana. Um... So she would have loved this chicken. <laughs> That's right. She couldn't taste towards the end of her life, too. Oh. Like, she'd lost her sense of taste. So she really? was always like, I eat things for temperature and texture. Well, then gums and nuts is a good <laughs> mix. <true. laughs> uh, so who who had the best dish here? The best chicken? The best chicken. I mean, Ralph. But then who is after Ralph? Uh, Did they even signify? Uh, Emily and Farhan, maybe? No, I don't the, think uh, so. Wait, they they did the uh, the, the waffle. waffle. Oh, thing. JJ, or sorry, SJ and Julia. Oh yes, that's right. Of course, yeah. of course. Um, and so they go upstairs, and uh, the losers. Bun- yeah, the losing the three bottom teams, um, Ryan and Jerron, uh, Taylor and Ashley and uh, Cesar and Mark are all stuck in an elimination. Challenge. Um, you know what? This might be a good time to mention our uh, how people can support the <laughs> podcast. In this lull, 
<laughs> if you want us to get any better, give us money. <laughs> um, if you'd like to financially support the show, oh, we'd love that. That'd be so nice if you could throw a dollar to our way. And in exchange, you get some fun prizes. You can ask us to read a message for you on the show. You can introduce the show. All sorts of fun stuff. You can buy Jenny's teeth. Um, <laughs> we'll make you a t-shirt. Uh, you just go to our Patreon page. We have a redirect at Gordon Ramsay. I wouldn't feed it to my dot dog. That goes right there. Um, or you can go to After Shift Junior and it'll it'll take you take you right in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Well, Jenny's teeth still, still available. available. Still available. <laughs> still available. That is just grotesque. Why are you selling her teeth? We're well, just to see if we can. We have. How does she still have access to her teeth? Did they fall out recently? Yes. Her wisdom teeth. Oh, so they're yeah. big. Oh, you mine know? came out in shards. Oh God. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. It's just sometimes they don't come out easily. Sometimes, like they just kind of have to shatter them and just dig out the slivers. How old oh, were God. you when you got your wisdom teeth out? Was, uh, Did they take them out with a ball my... peen hammer? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. I, I was like in my early twenties, I think. Oh. oh man, yeah. So was I when I got mine out, and yeah. um, I was really high on the drugs when I came out, and I walked into a. Um, my dad picked me up, and I walked into the elevator to go down to the car. And I kind of stumbled a little bit. The elevator was packed full of people. I kind of stumbled in. Then I turned around and looked at the door. And then I convinced myself that everybody thought I was on, knew I was on drugs. Mm -hmm. So I turned around into the entire uh, group of people. I was like, I'm not a drug addict. (laughs) And I turned back around and I was like super choked. I was all angry. (laughs) And my dad, my dad had to be like, uh, he just came out of surgery. I don't know. He's just a little loopy. And I was like, oh, all these people, stop judging me. It was a great guy. And now here he is selling teeth, but still he's not <laughs> a drug addict. Everyone, stop judging him. That's right. No, stop it. The teeth are very expensive. You have to basically be willing to give our podcast $1,000 a month. $1,000 a month? How a many month. teeth do you get out of that? One. One. You get one <laughs> tooth. Well, I guess you could clone her back to life. That <laughs> That's right. Yeah. We're good thinking. <laughs> Do you need cloning material? <laughs> we got Jenny's tooth. We got yeah. Jenny's tooth. Um, shoe. So they had to make after this a dish that frightened them. They said, this is a dish that frightens chefs. And then that made me think, what dish frightens you guys? Bat. <laughs> bat. You know, like bats. I think a singular scary. bat. <laughs> If he, had, if he had lifted up the, the, the cover and a, bunch and of a bats. bat flew out, <laughs> yeah. I think that would have been pretty scary. Giving you a fright. Yeah, that would have been, been really great. spooky, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're saving that for the Halloween episode. Is that a thing? That would be amazing. Why not? Why not throw some exotic meat out there? I'm sure bats are not endangered. Yeah, I don't know. They're I mean, probably certain kinds, I think. Their, their wings are like fruit roll-ups. <laughs> yes. I've often thought. That's what I heard. You just suck on a bat wing for like, you know, an hour. Yeah, I, Absolutely. They're nature's fruit leather. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it wasn't a bat. No. It's never a bat. It's never a bat. <laughs> yeah, what's frightening? What food is frightening to you, Max? Frightening? That's yeah. what they were. The they scariest used. of the foods. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would be, if I was a contestant on the show, I would be really upset if they opened it up and it was like, you're going to, who's, you're going to, like, mayonnaise. I'd just be like, ugh. <laughs> oh. That's easy to make. It's just eggs and oil. I know, but I just, I find it. I find it really repulsive. I don't know. I, what's the difference between being frightened by something and being repulsed by something? Like, I think I think yeah. that's different. 
frightened, I guess because, why was that frightening? Because the cheese souffle. The cheese souffle was frightening because of how easily it would be to screw it up. Mm -hmm. It's fragile. Yeah. It's, you have to be, you have a razor thin margin of error. Yeah. So what else would be like that? Sort of an intimidating. Well, I mean, anything yeah. complicated is intimidating, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, what if it was just like a, a sculpture oh. of oh. caramel that's made to look like Joe's face? <laughs> Serving uh, that poisonous blowfish. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's frightening. Yeah. yeah. Or those octopus tentacles people eat that are still wiggling and then they could suction onto the inside of your throat and kill you. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. That's yeah. frightening. That's yeah. it's not, even a, it's not even a cooking challenge. Okay. Yeah. It's just like, oh, we want you to come up with three side dishes to go along with this live <laughs> octopus <laughs> that you will eat. I don't know. Yeah. That we'll, us as the judges are going to sample yeah. each one. And if you kill us, you're a yeah. big trouble. <laughs> that would be frightening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be deeply frightening. That's another clue that maybe the judges are not from this planet. Like, oh, you really Is this a working want... theory of yours, Maxwell? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, Joey Clams, give me a dozen. Right. Um, yeah, so they all have to make a cheese souffle. Soufflés are another thing that cartoon chefs make all the time. That was my first thinking as well. It's like my knowledge of soufflés mostly consists of a sort of effeminate cartoon character shrieking, my souffle. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. something loud and rowdy has yes. happened to make it fall. <laughs> Yes, I don't. I remember actually in in Disneyland. Do you remember in Toontown? I don't know if this is still a thing they have at Disneyland, mm-hmm. but you could go to one of the fussier characters' houses, and in their oven would be this big, like inflatable souffle. And as you would go oh, near nice. it, it would like boom. Oh, that's and then cool. This would repeat endlessly to the entertainment of children. Nice. Kids love souffle. <laughs> have you? I have a, always said that. Have you ever had a souffle though? I don't think I. Have. I don't think I have either. This made me want to. They look really? delicious, yeah, especially when so. they were like talking about the ingredients and everything. Like, it oh, looked yeah. kind of gross to me. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't really like really rich, cheesy things. Yeah. So it kind of just looks like, I mean, I'd be curious to know what it is exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it sort of came off as just kind of like a melted, sugary blob of like cheese and cream. And Yeah, egg. yeah, totally. Is it just a cake that's not cooked all the way through? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think it's it's very like the, the the judges even mentioned they're like a souffle is chemistry so there's some very specific ratios you're dealing with there's some very and I'm sure there's some very specific chemical reactions that you're trying to induce through the combination of greens and heat and so it's got to be something more than just a cake you know otherwise it wouldn't be they'd just be, be calling alive. it cake it's a creature well it's yeah. just it's the 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 wetness of i that i think makes it distinct like mm. it's just moist and then delicate yes yes um so they all have to make souffles and there's they have 40 minutes and they can make as they can make up to three souffles and pick whichever one they want yeah um which is i've never had them never we've never seen them do anything like that before i think it's a testament to how difficult the souffle probably, is to nail yeah i guess so and i think that I think that like a big souffle probably takes a lot longer to cook so that this way they could do like these little ones and then thus experiment more. Mm. I did think that there could not really be a worse thing to watch people cook. Like it's very yeah. slow and quiet. Yeah, like, and also, really and also did their best. boring. Like, yeah. It's just like you're just making this white goo. And then right? pour it in yeah. there. And don't get to give your own spin on it or yeah. anything. Yeah. Our feed though is also not great on the quality so maybe we were missing out on a lot of the little details <laughs> micro details. expressions well i mean well yeah on the people's faces sure but also things like you know visually maybe there was more information there about like what the different like you know batters looked like 
You know? Well, and and your your boy at the end, he said, Mark. Like, yeah, he was like, oh, I'm so I'm so pleased with like the golden brown crust, or he made some comment about like the the coloring of of the cooking yeah. job. So I think that's kind of where the pizzazz, the fun lies. Yeah. What a show! What a weird thing that this has been on TV for nine seasons. Nine seasons, good lord! Wow, I know. Um, or that cooking shows in general have had this surgence of popularity. People love cooking; like it's huge on YouTube as well. Yeah. Like, and and it doesn't even it doesn't even have to be like that. You're learning anything. People just like watching people cook <laughs> and like looking at food. I think as yeah. it's being prepared. Have you ever done a video about food? Uh, not really. Actually, yeah. my very first video, my very first YouTube was about food, but it was it was about Canadian foods, and it was actually kind of right. more complicated, sort of sarcastic thing that I was... Actually, and then sure. I did another Canadian food video that was actually, I think, reasonably successful. Right, but I guess, uh, have you ever done a video a about video. like your your home recipes? Oh, no, I did a series of Instagram videos on that, though, <laughs> once, which were... <laughs> which were, well <laughs> which were quickly banned. <laughs> People didn't like my, uh, my trademark meal of drinking the excess water from the cottage cheese container. Oh, God, dude. <laughs> Probably great so cultures nasty. in there. Probably great gut health. Oh. And that's important. That affects everything dear god oh so good jenny come back <laughs> come back safe um so they they line up everybody manages to get all their soufflés out um taylor people are freaking out that she's not going to have hers in time but seems to pull it off yeah i guess oh. that was a foreshadowing that didn't really lead to anything. yeah they're... although it was also i think in an effort to just kind of contrive some drama that's right i mean they because like at the end, Gordon Ramsay or some one of the other jerks said something like, "Oh, you know, you guys were all doing well," and it's like, "No, they weren't. They all seemed like they were sucking pretty badly at the souffle challenge." Yeah, got, Shanika got a ton of screen time just like from her facial expressions, reacting to everyone's uh, the trials and tribulations going on below her. I mean, that's how you become a star these days. You got to become a GIF. Yeah, just constant emoting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt. That's why I'm always doing, I mean, you won't be able to see this, listeners, but always doing this. (laughs) Or this. That's just grotesque. Or this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We also had that scary moment when Jaron almost dropped his souffle on Mark's head. That was frightening. Oh, Oh, yes. Can you imagine, would they have shown this episode if somebody <laughs> spilled molten cheese on somebody else's face and, and horribly scarred him for them? <laughs> just, the show would be canceled. And they showed up the next episode just like a Bandage. wizard first a degree of the opera yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And now <laughs> and he's he just... just lives in the MasterChef kitchen and every season beyond that, they just keep oh. casually referring to like, oh, yes, that's Mark. <laughs> he sometimes cuts the lines on the lighting. Yeah, yeah. So occasionally a line, a light will drop. Or there's like an explosion from the gas stove <laughs> phantom of the master chef kitchen no hashtag who turned off Corey's oven exactly yeah, there is a phantom <laughs> the phantom who are uh, what happens in phantom of the opera i haven't ever seen it there's a, it's very long here's what i know about it there's a guy with a mask yeah um lives at the opera mm-hmm. yeah there's a lady he likes. Sure. Um, Christine, I think her name is. They have some sort of meet cute and live happily ever after. He also, there's a gondola that he, I've seen it, but it's so long. I really don't remember. There's like a gondola sequence that's very uh, acclaimed. And then they have a masquerade ball. Yeah. And the Phantom of the Opera was like, 
something childhood trauma. That's why he is the way he is. And there's also a song called Angel of Music in it. It's huh. very memorable. Huh. Sing it for old us. Woman. No. <laughs> Angel of Music, oh, won't God. you come downstairs? Know, know. Take off a, your mask an, and give is... me a kiss. <laughs> okay. the Angel of Music. Okay. Pop in my gondola. <laughs> More or less. <laughs> There's a lot of singing on this podcast <laughs> lately. It's the longest. It was the longest running Broadway uh, musical until recently. I think it only recently ended. Huh? No kidding. Beat Cats. Huh? But they were just holding on to do that. They're like, one more, <laughs> one more season. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber said it too good for too long. <laughs> so, um, Mark has shocked. Mark was genuinely shocked when he found out that he had the best souffle. Uh, and he was safe. And I loved how unceremonious that delivery was. Mm-hmm. It was like, one of you did a great job, and one of you, that one person is 19, and it's Mark. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, it was great. I'm Love 19. Me. I'm Mark. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so he's safe. Um, Especially after, that was fun because they had really doubted his technique. Mm-hmm. So he took a souffle out of the oven, put it back again, and they're like, you oh, idiot. Yeah. They were doing a lot of pointing. They were all standing at the front and like pointing at me like, oh my God, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Fingers flying. Mm-hmm. Like a sports a sports match. <laughs> yeah, that was my thought too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jerron, Ashley, and Taylor all did a good enough job to, to stay in the competition. And so it came down to Ryan and Caesar. And listen, I, I like Caesar. He's a funny guy. He's got a funny, funny attitude. Can't quite put my finger on him. He could be a serial killer. Whoa! I'm just saying. He's going to cook us tacos. If anybody Caesar, in the show... doesn't mean that. Anybody in the show is a serial killer, who that. is it? I don't want to wrong anyone. Also, I don't want to be right about it and out them and then have them come serial and kill me. I think that will also uh, eliminate their desire to be interviewed on the show, perhaps. <laughs> Unless they want to come and defend their honor. That's uh, true. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Um, Thanks, you're playing with fire here. Yeah, could be Bowen. No, he got in an accident. The doctor said it's a miracle. <laughs> yeah, both of their uh, Ryan and uh, what's his name, Mark. Uh, Mark was the, the the two the two then the bottom. Yeah, uh, Cesar and uh, Ryan. Oh, I'm doing a secret fist bump in the air. So, both of their souffles were just like wrong right like, yeah they just like uh caesar just made it with only egg whites right no that was uh ryan that was ryan oh, ryan's was just egg and they were chunky apparently yeah well no i think the other guys was the chunky one the i think one, one was chunky and one was, one only was egg. Mm-hmm. between those two who's the chunkiest i don't know they're both very skinny yeah they are quite <laughs> slim when ryan was let go Aaron gave him like a little pep talk at the end, but didn't say anything about his cooking. He was just like, you're a cool guy with a great <laughs> attitude. And I was yeah. like, wait a minute. If I was Ryan, I'd want him to say something like, yeah, you give me, me one the park with that's your... right. Give me one piece of mentorship. Yeah. <laughs> I've been here for weeks. No, you seem cool. Yeah. yeah. Give me what. Is there anything no, I could learn? Style. That's like, right. I love that. Thank you. Just a real twinkle in your eye. Totally. I kind of felt for Ryan because I kind of felt like from the sort of cultural milieu that he represents, I imagine not cooking a lot of souffles. I mean, he basically said as much. Yeah. That this was very outside of his wheelhouse. Totally. Totally. Um, Yeah. Yeah. This is actually a very diverse cast for this year. So. um, I know, but they really do put a 
um, a premium on or, or way more heavily like classical dishes and the fact that like you can't be a chef unless you know how to make a meringue or make a yeah make a souffle or I don't know and and the reality is that like French cooking has just been put on this pedestal as like oh this is the yeah. fancy thing but like yeah. why is it necessarily better or why are you more skilled to make a souffle than something that maybe is a more you right. know down yes. home or kind of mm-hmm. grassroots dish Something yeah. of the people. Yeah, that's it's elitist. what I was thinking. It did seem uh, seem a little elitist, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. Ryan, this black guy with his big dreadlocks from yep. the south. I mean, he's just from such a different universe. Than exactly. Yeah. These, although these snobs. Although we don't, they do have them doing um, uh, like they cooking get a classes. Yeah, they get yeah. cooking classes all the way through. So they they find out how to make the dish. So oh really? Yeah. Yeah, so, but I know what you mean. The perception certainly is there. It's an easy criticism to make. It's one of those things that's like, you know, if you told, if you were upfront with what's actually going on behind the scenes, you might actually receive less criticism for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. If you were just more transparent about what's actually going on, then you might have less people saying the, the show is racist. On, on the <laughs> yeah. That was think- merely being implied, Maxwell. <laughs> Do you think other people say that? On their podcasts? On their podcasts? I don't know. On the hundreds of MasterChef podcasts that exist. We're the most important. We make or break. What about on the MasterChef Reddit? Great. I mean, great question. Um, I try not to go to Reddit. Um, MasterChef 4chan. (laughs) Another place I definitely don't want to go. The dark web. What is the MasterChef dark web? Yeah. I don't know how dark web is like... Uh, compartmentalized. What do you call it's it? It's mostly Master Chef. <laughs> no, that's not fair. It's mostly just reality show content. Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. It's Master Chef, but it's all about cooking meth. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 Master Chef. Master Chef. That's great. Um, all right, so Ryan goes home. Ryan, who were you? We barely knew you. All we knew was that you were a drummer. Drummer you had dreads. Mm-hmm. You're more than that. Yeah, yeah without without question. If, if only you want to talk know. to us, Ryan, we want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. you know that goes co- for literally anyone also. <laughs> right. how, many, how many have you had so far, interviews? Three. 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 Well, that's yeah, good. Yeah. And we got a couple more we're trying to line up. Yeah. Um, just... Gordon Ramsay himself? Uh, no, I don't think Are so. Have you tried Gordon Ramsay? We haven't. Well, there you go. I have. I ask the PR people. Every year I ask them. Really? Oh, yeah. And they say, we'll ask. They yeah. don't ask. That's fine. I know mm-hmm. he's busy. It'd just be fun if he could just leave me a voicemail and call me a name. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want. Leave me a voicemail. What else is he doing right now? Does he have any other shows? Oh, Hotel God. Hell just finished. I think it's... Well, no, that's not true. I think it's season... Most recent season ended a while ago. Mm. But is he still doing the, the one where he swears at people in their restaurants? Hell's Kitchen, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very intense stuff. Um, I don't know what else he's doing. What? I wonder if he's ever gets tired you know of being a judge of criticizing like Mm. maybe it would be nice if he had a show where he got to do his own thing or like challenge himself you know not always be the voice of authority but be somebody who's trying something new like gordon ramsay builds a cabin i'd watch that gordon ramsay is carries himself as someone that's good at everything Oh my god, look at all these shows. He's got a show called Gordon Ramsay's 24 Hours to Hell and Back. What <laughs> a hell. I think beans. that's where they make over a restaurant in a day. Oh god, I love it. There's also a show, Max. What's that one you just highlighted? Please take care of my refrigerator. <laughs> what is this? Is this Korean? Yeah, yeah, it's a Korean celebrity cooking show. He must have been on it. 
That's fun. Ooh, yeah. what's that one? There's one called Gordon Behind Bars. He's sort of like an earnest <laughs> like character, isn't he? There's one called There's Gordon... one called Gordon Scared Stupid. <laughs> There's one called Gordon Ramsay on Cocaine. No. Yes. No. What does that say? That can't be right. Oh yeah, this could just be somebody doing some shenanigans on Wikipedia. Well, this is why you shouldn't be reading Wikipedia, Max. Great point. I try not to. You should have looked at his IMDB page. Then mm. you could have also seen what uh, sitcoms he's been a guest star in. Oh, that'd oh. be fun. I saw one the other day. He Where was he on was New on? Girl. Oh. Mm-hmm. As huh. himself? As himself. <gasps> nice. Okay. Uh, JJ, yes, thanks so Maxwell. much for okay. being on the show. What, when do you want to plug? Where can people find more from you? Oh, well, if people want to read my Canadian political commentary, <laughs> they can check it out in the Washington Post. And people can also view my YouTube channel if you just... Uh, just search JJ McCullough. You can see lots of fun videos about all sorts of stuff. I'd, I'd recommend people go to the YouTube channel. You don't know. Yeah. He's a fantastic writer. Why would I know. You say that? I know. I know. People yeah. are interested in hearing what he has to say. <laughs> sure. I'm not JJ's saying. JJ's our guest. I'm, what what are you I'm, doing? I'm, not, I'm not saying. Maxwell, don't... have you read a single article I've ever written? I have. I have I've read uh, you in the Daily Standard. No, Weekly Standard. Uh, what is it called? It's not. Anything close to anything I write for. I write for the National Review That's and the Washington the Post. Yeah, yeah, National Review. I love your stuff in the National Review. I really do. Okay. Yeah, I think oh, you do you. a great job. I'm oh, just trying thanks. to keep our show apolitical. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Check out his awesome videos about chips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you have a video? About, I mean, maybe that's something to think about. Chip, chip flavors. Chip, I love chip flavors. Chip flavors. Yeah, geez, Louise. YouTube, if there's one thing it needs, it's more people <laughs> stating their opinions on random junk food. I want it. People want to know. Anyways. Um, thanks Stick a lot around. for being on the show, man. Really yeah, appreciate thank it. You. Oh, thank you. And for uh, yeah, right. Uh, how can people find us on social media? Stacy? We are After Chef Junior on Instagram and Twitter. Junior is all spelled out. Um, but email us too. We love to get an old fashioned email at afterchefjunior at gmail.com. Um, throw throw a little review up for us on iTunes if you're feeling feeling fun, feeling fresh. Um, and stick around to listen to our interview with Teen Mark, who is not <laughs> what the show says he is. Very exciting. Thanks a lot, everybody, and see you next week. Yeah. Um, thank you for taking the the time to talk with us. Obviously, you are in the kitchen working hard. I, I <laughs> am in the kitchen. Yeah, I'm mixing some bread. I'm uh, a pastry sous. Oh wow. Where where are you allowed to say where you're working? Yeah, I uh, I work at Harvest Supper Club and Lounge in uh, Peoria, Illinois. Illinois, yeah, I'd read that you're you actually live in Illinois, even though you're yeah. credited as being from Maine. Why did they? Why did that happen? <laughs> well, you know, when I got there, uh, we had you have you have an interview which like establishes your story, and you meet the guy who you're going to talk to for the interviews and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were several people from watching the show, you'll know, that are from Illinois or Chicago or this or that. Yeah, very and, heavy uh, on the Illinois crowd. Yeah, I think it's about four of them. So I think oh. it was just a matter of like this this guy is uh, can't be from Illinois, too. <laughs> Got to spice it up a little bit. Got to yeah. make sure he's from Maine. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny. I haven't been to Maine in probably five or six years. Wow. And the mother, my mother's restaurant that they say I work in the, as a dishwasher. Yeah. I uh, I was ten years old when that restaurant closed and hasn't been open for about nine years. It's so wild, just like how they decide to represent you. Is that like upsetting or strange at all? Oh no! On? I yeah. mean, <laughs> honestly, when you're in the process, there's nothing upsetting about it. It's like, all right, I'm on Master Chef. We'll kind of let you do what you want. My name doesn't have to be Mark if you don't want it to be. You know, it's kind of 
I'll put on a wig, whatever, whatever you need. Yeah, of course, literally. <laughs> you get that kind of opportunity, you do whatever you need to to keep it. Do they give you, like, I guess not a costume, but how closely do they dictate kind of what your, what your look everything. is? Everything, yeah? everything. So when I got there, uh, they, or before I get there, rather, they're telling me, uh, you need to have this, you need to have that, you need to have two, like, fancier outfits if we got to eat or something like that, <laughs> or if we have the camera, and you need to get all these different kinds of clothes. And uh, in my day-to-day life, I wear a black T-shirt, a white T-shirt, and khakis, yeah, whether and I'm at work or what it is, yeah. in an apron sometimes. <laughs> so I had to buy all these new clothes and blah, blah, blah. I probably spent closer to eight, $900 on new wardrobe, Whoa. and then I got out there, and then they buy it all for me again, and I got to wear none of what I bought. That's so crazy. So they get like their own versions of, of yep. your kind of usual uniform? Yeah. So actually, what you see me on the show, I, kinda, I told them that, and I didn't mind wearing it. I'll wear you know a dress if you want me to, yeah. but <laughs> at the same time, that, none of that is like what I actually wear. Wow. Mark, you're so easygoing. Like when we first saw the first couple of episodes, it seemed like they portrayed you, and you know we as understand. like a douchebag, like yeah. really intense, and we understand that yeah, that's yeah, not yeah, you. Yeah. That's just like the way you've been cut. But it's like, really fun, actually, how they do those little interviews. So, like, let's say you heard the phrase that I said. Yeah, I probably said something along the lines of that, uh-huh. and they need a little more. So, what about like this? Like they they kind of pressure you to say a few things. Yeah. Say I get in the challenge with Julia and they want to know, like, oh, what would you think of Julia when she was yelling? It's like, well, you know, I might have said everybody gets flustered. I'm sure she's never led a kitchen before, but yeah. she's doing great for her first time. And then yeah. they say, well, what about when this happened? Weren't you a little bit angry? Oh, I wasn't angry, but I was upset. Or were you upset and frustrated? Yeah, I was frustrated. And then they use the clip of me saying I'm frustrated on TV. <laughs> is that like is does watching other contestants on the show does does that seem super different from the people you know in real life too? Um, not really, because mm-hmm. every day that we would uh, on, it was kind of funny. So we're in, so we're on set and we're in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. We would come back from our interviews and we would say, "Oh, Farhan or Oh, Julia, I talked so much shit about you," or "Oh, Caesar, <laughs> I said this about you." So we're all friends. We you know we know what we, we know what we said. And yeah. Uh, we actually, it's funny enough, we have a Facebook group with all of the uh, contestants, oh and we kind of update each other on each other's lives I and whatnot, and say what's up. <laughs> like i have to get in there <laughs> yeah it's a lot of fun yeah um have you been have Have you seen anybody since the show uh you know what i actually have well i actually a short very shortly after the original filming and before the finale mm-hmm. i got to see samantha i actually went out to kentucky with her and spent some time out there with her oh awesome i'm i'm curious about the mentorship aspect of this, this yeah, so was i show. yeah <laughs> Because it yeah. seemed like they they picked you guys, and then that has nothing to do with with anything. Did you get any mentorship at all from from so, Joe or from anybody? You know, I got to talk to any one of the judges for a maximum of like thirty five seconds. <laughs> there was a there was a point in time where they took us all into the pantry. It was off cameras, mm-hmm. and they gave us this little uh, talk. It was actually a top fifteen, so it happened directly after the last episode that just aired. Oh, okay. So we come into the pantry room, and it's all three judges. They're in their, like, comfy clothes. They're not dressed up for set or anything. And they say, you know, ask us whatever you want, anything you want to know, like timing, this or that. Yeah. And they're not really talking to us individually. It's more as a group. Mm-hmm. That might have been, like, 10 or 15 minutes. Did you have – you must have really had an advantage in the kind of restaurant style challenges, like the wedding and the beer right. cook-off. You one. would – again, you would also think, you know, there's a lot of egos that go around oh. on and offset. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, uh, when I got into the uh, – the wedding challenge i remember telling julia like uh 
blah, 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 this is how you're going to do this or that, or here's how you should do this in, in the fry challenge. Mm-hmm. I remember going to Bowen before the cameras were on, and I tell him how to do the prep list or how to write the prep list or who should be in charge of what. Yeah. Because um, I, d- I didn't want to be like, oh, I know what I'm talking about or this, that, and the other. But, you know, coming from a place of leading kitchens and leading prep lists and doing real service for real restaurants, I knew exactly what to do next and what to do first. Yeah. But uh, the rest of the contestants kind of stepped in and was like, oh, no, let Bowen do this, let Bowen do that. And then exactly what went down went down. Oh. Yeah, it was kind of <laughs> frustrating. But at the same time, you get what you came for, and I definitely didn't come for a whole lot. <laughs> you didn't come for a whole lot. Why did you decide to do the show? What inspired it, you to audition? Very uh, interesting. I don't watch MasterChef or oh. really food TV at all. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I have seen all of like maybe – three quarters of an episode of that whole show this season <laughs> i've been uh i've been really busy with work and i, I don't want to sound like an asshole but mm-hmm. in actual restaurants mm-hmm. um and uh, it was really funny so i was working in new york at the time and uh i was getting a bank account with bank of america and my teller was telling me about the uh last season when gabriel was on and said oh you should try out for MasterChef. kids can be on it or like younger people yeah and there was auditions just across the river. So I went over to the main island and uh, just auditioned. I didn't really think too much of it. Yeah. I had a three-piece a miniature brunch. I had a, a petite croque madame, eggs benedict, and salmon en croute. Mm-hmm. Uh, very simple but well-plated. And um, I just kind of forgot about it for a while. Uh, I didn't really get any emails. didn't do anything like that. I came back to Illinois. And I was talking to my mother because we were either going to open a pizza place in a local mall mm-hmm. or we were going to wait for MasterChef. And that kind of seemed too out of the ordinary. So we just ran with the pizza place. And it was about a month into that that I got the call from MasterChef. And I had to uh, close doors and go to L.A. That's great because isn't it supposed to be about home chefs? How are you allowed to be on the show if you're a restaurant Another really guy? great question. <laughs> I kept asking them and I say, like, what am I? What am I on the show? And when I get there, I'm a dishwasher on the show, which is uh, a little, it's too bad because it's whatever. Because yeah. I remember talking to the story guys and I was like, can I get a little more credit? You know, because I hit it for my first foray on the national television to be me as a, as a dishwasher. Yeah. When and, you run uh, your own restaurant. That's right. Right. Exactly. And but just as well, I knew that I wouldn't come across as a dishwasher. I know a whole lot more than any dishwasher does about food or how to work service. But uh, no, they couldn't label me as a line cook or a food expo or anything like that. Had to be a dishwasher. Does anybody else on the show have like food, like work in the restaurant industry? Julia says that she her family owns a restaurant and she used to work in that. But at the same I'm not at all disparaging Julia and her experience, but. Her experience in her family's restaurant was a lot different than mine. Um, what? How, how long did you have to be away from home to be on the show? Um, it was about uh, eight weeks that I was gone. Wow. From January 4th to about early March, maybe a little bit later. So maybe, yeah, six to eight weeks. Wow. Did, what was the hardest thing about being away or being on the show? Um, you know, I didn't really have a whole lot going outside <laughs> of the show besides the pizza place. So mm-hmm. I really didn't have to drop too much. Right. Uh, the crazy part was, you know, no internet access whatsoever. Everybody's over your shoulder when you pay your bills, that really? kind of thing. And then also, you're not allowed, like, the second you get into LAX, they find you, and then they take your phone, and they put it in a bag, and they say, you'll see this in eight weeks. Whoa. And you get one phone call a week for ten minutes to one person. That's it. That's prison. It's, no, 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 no. It's not a, that's not a prison. That's what we said. They tell us that it was... Uh, you're not trapped. You're sequestered in your hotel room. If mm. you want to go down to the pool, you got to call PO. You got to say, hey, I want to go down to the pool. They send a the guy up. 
Wow. Uh, they check you out, and then after that, you can go down to the pool. And then when you want to go back up to your room, you do the same thing. The rule was you're not allowed in the elevators without somebody uh, escorting you. That's just wild. Is But at the same time, you know, like after hours, we'd still sneak around to each other's hotel rooms and That's this fun. and that. And, yeah. <laughs> Did you? So you probably didn't even get a chance to, like, explore L.A. very much? Oh, not at all. Yeah. We, we, we were in L.A., but we explored the hotel. Yeah. You got to know yeah. that pool. <laughs> Yeah, it's for sure. I knew that pool very well. <laughs> what was your favorite thing about being on the show? Favorite thing about being on the show was uh, the people. You know, I've never had the pleasure of being exposed to such a wide swath of different cultures around the country. You know, mm-hmm. people from Houston, Miami, uh, the state of Maine, as they say, and just really everywhere around the world. People who are from L.A. Uh, and a lot of different kinds of people. And we got to enjoy ourselves outside of our setting so mm-hmm. we didn't really have so much pressure to act like who we thought we were mm-hmm. more just being very comfortable with who we were and getting to know people and uh i guess the, it was a bonus getting to cook for gordon ramsay yeah <laughs> and he was there too <laughs> did you have a favorite challenge that you got to do um that you're allowed to talk about yeah. the challenges that i like to do were the skills tests mm-hmm. like when we got to do the crab or something like this or that but there wasn't a whole lot of that there was a lot of cooking mm-hmm. i liked uh, uh i liked a lot of it yeah i don't know is there Probably anything one, that you didn't like? i'd say that i don't know if it's aired yet but mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure it's going to be the next episode mm-hmm. we uh we ha- we got to team up we um oh yeah yeah we got to pick partners and me and caesar were partners and uh, me and caesar got pretty close during filming we got to cook with each other and it was really like uh, it felt like cooking on the line with them so it was a lot of fun a lot of a lot of cool people out there. I'd say that was my favorite part. Favorite challenge was cooking with Caesar. Awesome. If you had to design your own challenge for the show, what would you? Oh, I ask say it all chicken? the time. I say the real Master Chef. You would get. You would hear this. You would get played a sound, and that sound would say be like a squeaky hood fan or a pilot that's not lighting <laughs> or something like that. And then you would have to figure that out and how to fix it in twenty minutes. Because that's what real restaurants are like. <laughs> Just like take it. You know, it's about more than cooking. I guess, right? Um, what do you think a lot of people don't, wouldn't know about being on the show? Uh, how, you know, real it is. It's, uh, as much as there is an engineering aspect to the show to how the producers want the show to go and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, it really is very real in that the feelings you're feeling and the pressure you're under and all that kind of stuff, it's, uh, it's definitely a cooker and you really don't expect it. But uh, there's a lot more time as well than people would think. It's not just, uh, here's your ingredients, go, cook something. Mm-hmm. Here's your ingredients, pause, go to the waiting room for two and a half hours, plan your dish, plan your mise, do this, do that. Mm-hmm. Get a 10-minute walk through the pantry, figure out where everything is, and then go. And then you get 10 minutes in the pantry, and that's when the show starts. Oh, well, that's, yeah. that's nice. That's nice of them. And it is get, nice of them, yeah. yeah. And you get, like, cooking demos and, and things yep. right along the way, yeah. Yeah, we get a... Uh, cooking classes and whatnot because i'll be damned if every person who says i've never made a souffle kills it the first time yeah. that just doesn't exist <laughs> ah, magic of television uh no matter who you think on the show is a certain way mm-hmm. they're an entirely different individual you know i i knew what i'd be pegged for on the show when we were <laughs> filming i was going to be an arrogant teenager who thinks he knows what for and is going to get the smackdown by gordon ramsay and everybody's going to love the redemption but all that kind of stuff really couldn't be less true and not to say that i'm not cocky or arrogant of my skill but that it, it doesn't come across nearly as overt as it does on the show and i feel bad that that is my first foray into a national reputation of a cook is that i think i know 
more than I actually do. Mm-hmm. But uh, the way the show is orchestrated, uh, the things that they don't say, the things that they do say, it's very chosen and it's very well chosen to represent a certain idea. Experience. Would you do it again? Uh, I wouldn't do it again, <laughs> but I, I don't know. It's a that's a very good question. Knowing what I do now, I'd probably do it a lot differently. I'd probably play the game a little safer, keep my mouth shut and talk less and do more. But at the same time, uh, I'm glad I did what I did because really you have a plan when you go in there. You you know what's going on. You know it's television. So try to account for that yeah. and try to say, I'm not going to do this or I'm going to be humble. I'm going to do that. But at the same time, you know, uh, in the moment of the show, you are true to yourself. You know, you find that in the heat of the moment, you really do have to act as if you would act. And the way I would act is doing what I need to do. And whether that's not listening to the judges or saying I know what for like a little spoiler in my elimination Mm -hmm. not my elimination round but the team challenge uh, coming up to my elimination I make a Bernays and you know I don't use a double boiler when I make a hollandaise or Bernays it's just a shortcut it's Mm -hmm. something if you know how to control heat you know how to control heat Mm -hmm. and it's a skill that I have so I just chose to do that instead of a double boiler Mm -hmm. all the judges are reaming me for this you say oh you're not making a proper Bernays you need to make a double boiler and all that kind of stuff and I'm saying, I know what I'm doing, I know what I'm doing. And then that comes across as me telling Joe Bastianis, Ron Sanchez, and Gordon Ramsay to go fuck themselves. I know how to make a hollandaise. And that's really not how it was. It's just the way they orchestrated the show. And it's, it really is too bad because I do know how to make a hollandaise. But whether America knows or not isn't really my interest. <laughs> well, they must, like, they, they must push you or like want you to... Like it must be hard to keep your mouth shut when the producers are of probably course. like, yeah. Of course, it's so hard to keep your, when you know what you're doing to mm-hmm. say yes, Gordon. I'll do it your way. Yes, I'll I'll tighten my leash. You know, it's it's a heartbreaker. You really got to swallow your pride if you want to win. You got, you really have to become a different person if you want to win that show. And I think that was my biggest pet peeve and my biggest issue is that I really wasn't able to do that. I wasn't able to kind of play the game, if you will. Yeah. Oh my God, Bill, it has been such a treat to talk to you, Mark. Thank you for taking time.